Hi, and welcome to Stuart Ryder's RMA Way podcast. Thanks for joining us on today's episode, where I'm pleased to introduce our first special guest in this season, um, and that's Stuart Francis of Conditioning Fighting Warrior Silat. Uh, it's a really interesting episode, this one. Uh, we go into Stu's background in martial arts, his training in traditional Salat, and also where it's taken him with his own expression of CFW Salat, and where he looks to take it into the future as well. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. If you do, please rate us on Apple iHeart Podcasts, share us if you're listening on Spotify, um, and let's get that episode out there because it's a great one and really enjoyable to do. Um, also take time to have a listen to some of our other, other podcasts and subscribe um, and catch every future episode as well. It's good to be appreciated. But without further ado, it's our recording with Stuart. Thanks very much. Yes, it's recording. Right, perfect. Okay. Okay, Stuart, uh, welcome to the RMA Way podcast. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. Much appreciated. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, just double checking that is, that does seem to be recording. So, yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, if not, we'll just have to try and get it, fit it in another time. <laughs> so, I can see it's recording. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, perfect, yeah, 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 it's on my screen, perfect, perfect, so technology is new, for, so all yeah. this is new for me as well, so, yeah. um, so like I say, perfect, so, uh, thanks for joining us on the RMA Way podcast, yeah, no, um, I appreciate it, I know, you, I know your time's uh, important to you, yeah, no, um, what we'd like, what I'd like to start off, obviously, uh, we're going to go into talking about uh, martial arts, um, fitness, health, so, uh, um, your Silat journey, so your martial arts journey before then. Um, we'll probably touch a little bit on your um, strength and conditioning, your PT side, how that can fits in with your martial arts approach as well, if that's okay. Um, but very much like yourself, so I like to take things on a more of an organic flowing approach. So and uh, we'll see where we go. So from there. Um, Okay, so um, for everyone out there, can you just give us a little bit of background on just on yourself, first of all? Yeah, of course. Um, so I started martial arts at uh, age 18. Um, so pretty much like most people, I was having situations where I grew up in a kind of a rough area. Um, there was a need to kind of defend yourself. So my first original teacher was a guy called Winston Scott. He was a black belt under Bob Green. I know uh, the name. I don't know him, sir, but I know, I know the name, sir. Okay, yeah, he's uh, yeah. he was a J, he's a JKD um, guy. Um, so I started my journey with JKD. Um, so that was for I think around three to five years that I started with Winston. Um, so yeah, the, the JKD was great. Um, I never had to kind of use too much self-defense, uh, using it. Um, <laughs> but it definitely gave me that awareness. Sure. Um, was that, with the, did you use, did you train in the purely the JKD side or was that the JKD and the Kali that? It was a um, mixture. Yeah. It had yeah. the elements of the Filipino martial arts. It had obviously bits and 
pieces grappling, you know, mm-hmm. how, to, how to box. Um, so Winston pretty much taught me how to punch. Um, and it was kind of interesting at the time because it was me and my uncle that was doing it together. So we were kind of training partners. Um, so we was getting in some good kind of amounts of training. Mm-hmm. We was taking our braidings up at um, Bob Green's Academy in uh, yeah. Hoxton. Um, so, yeah, we was doing really well with that. But I think it was about, I think it was three to four years after that, I kind of started getting into the kind of wrong crowds and kind of drifted away from martial arts mm-hmm. uh, for a year or two. Um, and it wasn't until I kind of came across a video, a VHS of um, a SILAT teacher, that I kind of came across SILAT. Um, so it was kind of interesting, my journey on how I actually got into SILAT. Because I actually walked, it's an interesting story, I actually walked past a charity shop and I actually right. saw a VHS video of this martial arts. And I was like, hang on a minute, that looks interesting. So I went in and bought it, took it home, watched it, and I was like, wow, this is absolutely amazing. This is something that I've been looking for for a mm-hmm. long time. And it turns out that the school that was actually teaching this so that was only 10 minutes from my house and I knew nothing about it right it's crazy isn't it how some of these little places they're there Uh, but you just know nothing about them it was 10 minutes away literally on the high road and I was like how the hell did I miss that Mm -hmm. um so I watched the VHS absolutely loved it um went down to the school had my first lesson and from there I was hooked on Silat um i think within the first year of training at the academy i won student of the year um i was training six times a week three times a day i was having privates pretty much three times a week as well on top of the regular kind of uh, school curriculum Mm -hmm. so i was really really enjoying my journey Um, sure have you always been um sort of like into sports active being active and everything like that as well so yeah, you always mean, get, so. i played um professional football from the age of 13 um my granddad was a football coach right um he got me various different uh football trials with um different football clubs uh mm-hmm. watford Tottenham. um so yeah i was very much into kind of sport um from a young age um and i played some quite good um, kind of semi-mid-level uh, football for quite a few years. Um, but again, you know, it was a case of the, the kind of area that I grew up in, it was very easily to get led astray. Sure, yeah. And quite a few times, you know, I kind of got taken away from the things that I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people in that situation growing up in, in areas that, you know, have groups like that, yeah, de- oh, definitely. It's just like, so, and it's still very much like the gang culture. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's obviously even, it's got like, a lot worse. It's got a lot worse. That's it. So, like, it's, it's always in the media now. And so, and like I say, a lot of time you're almost like there's peer pressure to become part of that, isn't there? Exactly. So, even more yeah. so now. Yeah, mm-hmm. very, very different uh, now. I, so, and I suppose it's like, again, without touch wanting to get personal that's probably like something that as a as a parent you're going to be worried about so of course uh, yeah same with you yeah Um, yeah absolutely yeah so you worry about any the crowds that anybody uh 
Um, I mean, obviously, the life experiences that we've got, obviously, we can pass on mm-hmm. kids and just hope, you know. That's it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but let's not dig- let's not digress. Let's yeah, get no, back onto your let's get back onto your journey. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so obviously, for the first kind of uh, year or two, the particular school was called East West Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember them. Yeah. It, oh, you remember? It? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, was, yeah. There was, You know, there was a lot of martial lot artists of that I recognise on like kind of Facebook now. A lot of their faces were there back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a, a really big following. I spent a lot of time with a lot of exposure in um, the magazines as well, didn't they? They used That's to correct. get. Yeah, they so, were absolutely. Yeah, everywhere. I think um, Martial Arts Illustrated, um, Bob Sykes yep, used correct. to train with um, Steve as well, and so it was like so, uh, quite a lot of the guys back. So, what are you talking? It's like, what would have that been? The early two, the two thousands. Yeah, two thousand. Yeah. I came across the school in 2003, I think. It was around mm. about 2003. Um, and I was there for at least five, six years before the school kind of closed down. Um, I don't know the full story of why it closed down, but it, unfortunately it closed down, which was quite mm-hmm. sad. Um, and it wasn't until about 2013, 2012, that I kind of reconnected with my old teacher who was... Um, Pandeca Stephen Benitez mm-hmm. um, and from my point of view I, I feel he's one of the best SILAT teachers in the world his, his training is in, incredible um, pretty much anyone can relate to kind of how he teaches mm-hmm. he's an incredible teacher and you know it was a, a real honour to be kind of one of his students um, but I reconnected with him in 2013 because he had left the country prior to that. He was like, okay. uh, moved to a different country. Um, so I reconnected in 2013 where I was kind of training um, privately at his home. So it was kind of very traditional way of training. I would be training in his yeah. garden and, you know, the sessions would go on for long. It was a really, really interesting mm-hmm. um, time oh. of training. But with, with that sort of training, you, you, you're bound to have got a much deeper understanding of not only the, the technical, but also the philosophical side of the training as well. Because I was like, oh, so, for uh, sure. Um, the SILAT in general is quite a deep, kind of deep part. I mean, some people would say, yeah, it's, it's spiritual. Some people can get a bit freaked out by that word. Um, I've definitely <laughs> seen people in the past get freaked out by that word. Yeah. But, so. Coming from the area that I came from, if you said that kind of word, yeah, I would get freaked out. But he put it in a way that it didn't freak me out. It kind of mm-hmm. made sense to me. And it was, you know, the teachings that he would teach would tick every box uh, question in my head of kind of where I mm-hmm. wanted to go in life and what I was doing. It was very relatable. So it wasn't like that really wishy-washy kind of way of teaching. Gotcha. Um, it was something you could really connect with. And I think the biggest way that I connected to it with it was through kind of physical movement. Because mm-hmm. obviously I was a very kind of physical person with my sports and my martial arts. So the way that he was teaching it to me was kind of very physical movements kind of through what we would call the sick-ups, the postures. So obviously my love for conditioning, when he would kind of pair the if you want to call it spiritual side or the more esoteric side with the 
kind of still at sick, sick ups and postures and movement and conditioning, I could really relate to it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of where my training in around 2015 started to really accelerate. Um, I was literally teaching seminars um, in, in Europe, across Europe. Um, you know, I was getting various messages. Could I come and teach at different schools? Um, so it was a really, really uh, good time around 2015. Mm-hmm. Was this under your CFW banner or was this under your... It was called Satria Fighting Arts. Um, it basically had a few different names prior to that over the kind of past mm-hmm. 10 years. But the way that my teacher kind of studied and took the information of what he was studying, it, it came into something called Satria Fighting Arts, which basically these warriors were called Kasatrias. Not to go too deep in it, but they were kind of protectors of the Dharma um, in the kind of Vedic era. And sure. it's a lot different than the kind of silat that you see predominantly now. Um, there's, mm-hmm. there's quite a few differences, even the, from the parts of the greeting, the Semba. Um, so there's lots of different um, different sides to the silat, to the kind of Satria Fighting Arts. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was called Satria Fighting Arts. And the way kind of CFW came about was I was always known for obviously conditioning. Um, so I got the nickname Conditioning Fighting Warrior. Um, sure. So it kind of stuck. Um, but I think it was around 2018, I kind of felt that I kind of wanted to try and kind of go out there and, and see if I could connect with people from my own expression. Because mm-hmm. I think a big thing in Penjak Silla is that, in any martial arts actually, is that you want to express it your way and it's quite Absolute, a yeah. unique way i mean yourself as everyone i think everyone exactly yeah that's, it, like, that's exactly what we've done and especially one if one you've been in it for a length of period um you want to be able to express it in your way because that's if you're teaching it and you're teach, it's like you want to be getting it across how you perceive it to be yeah so, definitely. Uh, yeah and it's very unique right yeah, absolutely. So, and again, I, I guess that, but with your JKD background as well, that's probably very much sort of like that JKD approach. So, yeah, um, of you, of um, which is obviously was a fundamental influence on your early progression into the martial arts. So, yeah. it's gonna, um, that's will probably affect you, is gonna be how you perceive it and want to carry it forward. So, oh, for sure. I mean, an expression that I use a lot um, in some of my content is that I say it's your own unique signature. And that's what mm-hmm. I've always liked to kind of use. It's your own unique signature of movement, of methodologies, of the way you communicate to people. It's your own unique signature. Because obviously you can only learn so much from your teacher until it's time that you kind of express it your own unique way. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. everyone's kind of been in that situation. In, uh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it becomes too dogmatic, and it just becomes too robotic exactly. and sort of like. So you know none of us are the same. Even, yeah, that's it. So even even identical twins aren't the same. So it's like there's 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 different uh, 
Um, there's different. We all move different. We don't move in different ways, but we move differently. So exactly, you hit the nail on yeah. the head. It's like our kids are twins, and they've got completely different ways of looking at life. You know, they've got different likes, dislikes. But you know, it's, it's exactly right. the same. What you just said. I'm a twin, and oh, nice. oh, brilliant. yeah, so. The, the the slightly younger, better looking one, but um, <laughs> yeah. that's right. He, he won't watch this. Behavior. Yeah, so it, 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 he won't watch this, so it doesn't even uh, matter. Yeah. I can say what I want. Um, but but <laughs> it's not even it's not even on Facebook. So, but we are so we 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 we're very different. So yeah. um, I mean, it's like he's even got a full head of hair. You know, it's like so. Oh, okay. Um, but. But yeah, I very like so, but like you say so, and so and that's that's uh, human nature, isn't it? So. Exactly, it's your own unique kind of expression, and I think what happens generally in life is that people try to dampen your expression, hence why people get frustrated, mm-hmm. angry, sad. You know, you're supposed to express your own unique um, self. And I think that's what happens a lot. And it happens in, in martial arts, it happens in business world, it happens yeah. everywhere. People try to put mm-hmm. that light out, that expression. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So, um, so you've kind of moving away now and you're forming um, CFW. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, so CFW. How then? Go on. CFW has been growing for the past, I think, five five years now. Um, so basically, as I said, it's a, my complete expression of kind of all the SILAT teachings that I was taught um, from my teacher. Uh, mm-hmm. CFW has kind of a full syllabus um, from start to finish. And currently, I'm putting out the phases on our online course. Uh, so we're currently up to phase three um, at the moment. And there's various other add-ons that you could add to that. But in terms of the syllabus, we're currently at phase three, which is the more kind of moving meditation side, um, because there's a huge aspect of Penjak Silat that is called the Kambang. Um And not to go into too much detail, but it's it's the kind of library and the kind of catalogue and the kind of moving meditation of everything that you've learned in your journey in Silat. And that basically goes into one continuous flow of kind of motion. Um, So that's currently where we're at with uh, CFW Silat at the moment. We also have CFW Yoga that's kind of coming out now, which I've started Mm -hmm. to put um, some content up. We also have uh, CFW Animal Movement, which yeah. is basically the sick ups from the SILAP, but put into kind of different ways of training that I've learned through strength and conditioning and through PT. So it's kind of more applicable to people that are fitness enthusiasts, also from other martial arts, but something you can dive straight into. Whereas the mm-hmm. SILAC condition is something more that needs a kind of a guided eye. Um, sure. The CFW sure. animal movement is something you can kind of just jump straight into. Just straight in and, and do. Yeah, and have fun with it. And it's kind of like 
almost like an entry into the SILAC conditioning, if, if, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Kind of like just something yeah. to get you straight into it. Um, so, right. really so, you get, so get some. You'd get some of the say like the the body weight um, exercises. So, uh, but maybe with a silat twist with it within it. So exactly. I mean, I still call them the kind of positions in the Indonesian terminology, but mm -hmm. something that I've noticed in the fitness world over the past kind of five years, how it's changed, and a lot of animal movement now is in the fitness world. It may yeah. have different names. So let's say kick throughs. Um, that's where you put your hand. Mm -hmm. And you're on the ground and you kick through. Well, in the silat, we call that crutching, or we call it crutching changes. So it's very, very similar. And it's something that obviously people can kind of go jump straight into. Yeah. Um, I kind of use the original terminologies of like the sikups, the Indonesian sikups, which yeah. means sikups means postures. Um, so that's how I've kind of used the PT and the strength and conditioning to kind of influence just a little bit of the kind of entry level to that. Excellent, excellent. Um, so you say it's um, you're at the level, th uh, the phase three um, part of the curriculum at the moment. Um, how many phases do you have within your syllabus? We have 10, 10 phases. Mm -hmm. And um, if I do, you want me to give you a little breakdown of each phrase. I uh, yes, uh, I what would yeah that be that'd be great for everybody. So, so, uh, so. phase uh, one is your basically your conditioning, so from mm -hmm. ground to upright. Okay, so this is usually your first two to three years of training. Um, right. That's your phase one, so that's your basic mm -hmm. conditioning. Then we go would you be able to use. Would you be able to use that conditioning in a practical application or is it purely just um, conditioning? Oh, uh, as in self-defense aspect. As in self-defense, yeah. So, yeah, obviously, the majority of people, so like obviously, they start going into the two main reasons that people train martial arts or go into the martial arts. Um, self-defense and fitness, isn't it? So, sure, that's probably what. So, and sort of like, as we get deeper into it, we know there's crossovers um, or areas that you might want to diverse into. But um, to without um, kind of like trying to think of how other people might um, look at stuff, especially now because everyone's MMA. Yeah. Um, two to spending two to three years is a really is like that's very traditional. So oh, yeah. I'm working on working on one one approach. So and. Uh, I understand it, so, so don't make it sound like oh, I'm. Completely, so, I know where you're coming from. Yeah, no. Yeah, so, um, but people will be looking for application, or oh, but would that work? Would that work in the street? So, exactly. So I'll show you yeah. how it works. So basically, that phase one of conditioning covers something called crutching, halimau, wire, kurak kurak, and mm -hmm. basically, how I've always kind of articulated this is the this the postures and the conditioning is actually the martial art and it's yeah. something a few people at first couldn't kind of get their head around but the sick ups the postures are actually the martial art it's kind of like mm -hmm. a hidden not a hidden way of training but a really sophisticated way of training so rather than going and doing 100 burpees and then going to do shadow boxing 
the sick ups are actually the martial arts. So while you're doing that conditioning, you're actually learning how to defend yourself, but also how to condition yourself without having to come out of it. And I think that's how you accelerate so quick with that phase one is because you're learning both exactly the same time. So usually with the conditioning, I might bring out things like I might bring out the, the piece out of the knife. So I might enhance a particular conditioning drill with the knife. So mm -hmm. there is various different methods that I do use with that um, phase one. But I, I know completely where you're coming from. That is a very old school way of training where you'd have a student. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that was how I was trained in 2013. Mm -hmm. I was literally left in the horse stance for 30 minutes to an hour yeah. some of the students were going up to four hours i mean that was a very old kind of way of training and mm -hmm. i completely understand that that's not applicable yeah. for you, you see it in in other arts though don't you so that tradition that yeah. approach so it's like so you'll you'll, just, you'll find that in kung fu in traditional yep. karate where you're holding stances and um in a more dynamic was like or you're just a whole session just spent practicing footwork for yeah. instance so but obviously quite tedious for some people oh, uh, exactly so that's it. it's that. like not 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 approach that some that everybody wants to do and even, right. like, even now you'll find so yeah well, that's it variety is spice of life isn't it so people want exactly. different so uh, and they want it's like it's we live in the society these days is very much like well i've done it for 10 minutes what can we do yeah. now <laughs> do, do um, i get my seven day free trial and can i cancel within two days <laughs> yeah well, that's it yeah no, no, that's I, it I, so. that. I think that's the way that i've always kept the kind of phase one interesting and that is by kind of introducing different training methodologies but also elements of self-defense in there as well mm -hmm. because the art goes so deep and it, it doesn't get complicated it gets sophisticated you know that mm -hmm. phase one grows into a really sophisticated way of moving um so once you've kind of done that phase one you kind of go into phase one kind of part two which is the self-defense but on a more detailed level um, mm -hmm. So it just gets more sophisticated. So that's usually the first three to five years. Um, and we would call that bumi, which means ground. So the first three to five years is usually semba and ground training. So mm -hmm. that's your kind of first few stages. Then we go into the kind of upright phase, which is phase two. Uh, we call that lanka. So lanka means footwork. So yeah. that is your kind of phase two and then that gets even more sophisticated we bring out things like the crumbit you know the knife and there's mm -hmm. lots of various different drills that kind of link the ground and upright together so you're kind of moving in a continuous flow of motion no stopping no pulling back so you should be conditioned you should be your awareness should be expanded so both of those kind of phase one and two are a self-defense system in itself. Um, so that three to five years. Um, and then it just gets more sophisticated. So more layers, we go into the kind of Kumbangan phase, which is the phase that I have on the online content so far. 
which as I said is your library of movements, your catalogue of movements, but it's also a moving meditation. So this is where the kind of holistic part comes into the art mm -hmm. and it kind of gets even more deeper. Um, so from phase three, we go into more weapons, which phase four is the crumbit. So go, going back, sorry, yeah, going back, um, would you say that's sort of like almost when you're introducing or, or promoting a, it's like a meditation phase within the program? Exactly, because yeah, I think the kind of silat that I was taught, obviously from the era that it was from, you know, it was very kind of known as something called Kajaran, which is had elements of Hinduism, and so there's a lot of meditation um, aspects to this particular type of silat. Um, so one of the first kind of meditation exercises would be just what my teacher called medicine one and that is to just basically sit still um, and kind of try to clear your mind um, and kind of try to just focus on clearing out all the noise. Then there was a meditation exercise called the green leaf meditation exercise not to go into too much detail but because there's many different um methods of meditation i mean could go on absolutely yeah hours so, yeah but the first kind of physical meditation that you're taught is the kumbhangan and that is basically the kind of the hand gestures of kumbhangan okay so that's what's been currently released um at the moment and that is where you learn all the hand gestures um, so that's your first, first kind of entry into a moving meditation, um, mm -hmm. which is, is, is a hard task in itself. You know, even just the seated meditation is hard, but yeah. moving meditation takes it up a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. So after the kind of phase three, which is, as I said, is a bit more of a holistic uh, phase, you bring in the weapons, so the crumbit, the pisau, so predominantly the male weapons of Silat, which okay. male mm -hmm. weapons are more hard weapons, okay? Yeah. So phase five, we will go into advanced upright, which is called Garuda. And the Garuda has various different um, tendon exercises, various different hand drills, um, various different applications, and that would get linked from Garuda to Kuching, Hanimao, Bwaya, Gurat, Gurat. So there's a complete mm -hmm. linking phase. Um, so it's more of an internal conditioning phase rather than you, the external, which is that, what the phase, yeah. yeah. Definitely. I mean, I try... I try not to use words that sometimes would freak people out because I remember back in the day when mentioning the word internal, it freaked people out and they'd be like, oh. Mm -hmm. but as I said, my teacher had a way of teaching it where you wouldn't get freaked out. It would be something very on a practical level so you could kind of relate to it. Mm -hmm. um, so that is kind of, I suppose, one of the best things that I could say that I had with my teacher and that is that I could completely relate to him and I think that's extremely important when you're learning something from someone that you can relate to it because otherwise definitely you know, yeah you're gonna it's definitely pointless really isn't it yeah you're just not gonna if you can't relate to it then you, it's not something you're you're gonna continue with so um 
it's like trying it's to force a marathon day. runner to yeah it's like trying to force a marathon runner to do um 100 meter sprints so exactly. just, it's just they're just not <laughs> yeah. made they're not wired no. that way uh, mm-hmm. and i think that's yeah. the biggest thing that i connected obviously um with my teacher but um so obviously moving on to phase six we go more into the kambangan the deeper aspect so what we would call the six forces because um, obviously there's six forces, right? There's up, down, uh, left, right, in, out. Um, so we would kind of use the methodology of the six forces and also the basic lunkers of the combustion. So now you've mm-hmm. kind of think about it, you've got all your ground training, you've got all your weapons training, the hard weapons you've got, your Garuda training, you've got your combustion training, you put that all together in your Kumbangan, and then that goes into something called the Sasalan. Now, the Sasalan is basically, we call it a circle of where the sparring happens. Now, there's more than 25 ways of sparring in the Silat, and basically all that, what you've learned, goes into that Sasalan training, and that is where the chaos happens. That is where you learn to control yourself, you know, you learn to expand your awareness. You go from anything from multiple attackers to grappling to knife sparring, combat uh, sparring, two against one, three against one. This is where we call it the fruit, where everything goes into. Um, mm-hmm. So after that phase, we go into something called gulat, which is the kind of wrestling of silat. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I was taught various different ways of um, gulat from my teacher, which is a kind of uh, Sundanese kind of wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. And then from that point, I usually teach something called the advanced ground training. So we go much more deeper into um, the kind of ground uh, training. Then we were at phase eight which we go more into uh, male weapons, the machete, the golok. Um, and then I introduced something called uh, ula, which is the snake, which again is more, it has technical applications, but it's more of a methodology as well. Um, that's a ground aspect of training. Then we've got phase nine and 10, which nine is loads more sparring, and then 10, we go into the soft weapons silat, okay. called the more female weapons mm-hmm. of silat. So this includes uh, sarong, salindang, desta. Um, they're the more kind of uh, soft weapons of silat. So that is basically phase one to 10. I mean, that's a real quick kind of sure. um, overview mm-hmm. of it. it. It's so much more deeper. Um, so what would um obviously it's like some of those are quite deep areas that you're going into um for so for someone to complete all 10 phases what sort of training time would that take if they were um training consistent consistently with you if they were consistent i would say between five seven years five to seven years Mm -hmm. i mean if you think about it i think most art I mean, I have a friend that does jiu-jitsu. He told me it takes an average person 10 years to get their black belt. Yeah. I mean, although Silat doesn't give belts, it gives 
things like this, which is the cloth. It gives you things that are relevant to what you passed. So say, for instance, sure. my student student passed how to use the golok. You know, I'd present him with the golok, the machete. So yeah. it's kind of similar, but a little mm -hmm. bit different. But yeah, it takes an average student 10 years to maybe do that. And it takes maybe a student that's full-time, full-out, maybe less than that, maybe. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. Years. But for the CSW still out, I would say between, if you're regularly training, between maybe five to kind of eight years in that kind mm -hmm. of span, depending on how much you're going through. Really. Of course, yeah. So, uh, And uh, obviously at the moment, well, one, it's um, with COVID and everything, it's like, it's been very difficult for any martial arts teacher. We've we've all suffered um, in tr trying to get our our uh, teachings out there. Um, and you're heavily involved on um, with the with your online presence. Um, yeah, no, that's um. Tell tell, tell me a little bit about that side. So I think before COVID, I think CFW Silla Online was out for around two to three years before COVID. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was uh, yeah. possibly around 2018, 2019 that I kind of got yeah, in touch yeah, with you, seeing your stuff, so, um, so and was look, 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 looking at the the Harry Mail and stuff like that. So was uh, yeah, where, where where I started. So. It was yeah, two to three years before even kind of COVID came out. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, we've got up to three phases at the moment but there's kind of various different add-ons that you can kind of add to yeah. that you know, there's so much on there now i think there's over over 65 sessions on the courses now because i usually release five sessions kind of at a time and there's, mm -hmm. there's actually quite a deep reason why i release five and no one really knows about it actually when when we do something in silat called bala bay okay some will call it basang, which means ready, but bala bay. usually stand with the hands open. Okay. Right? Now, there's five five fingers. Five okay. elements? So, five, yeah, okay. You, you're kind of getting the idea, because that's exactly how I kind of train. It's with the uh -huh. elements. Not to go too deep into it, but we go from the ground, which is obviously bumi. Okay. So then we go into wind, which is garuda. Okay, mm -hmm. so you're looking at the more speed sure. side of it. Then you go into water, which is the more kumbangan aspect. Then you can go into fire, which you can have elements of the ground, halimau, the more internal side of it. Then I kind of use something that is going to take me a, quite a little bit longer, but it's called ether, and that is to create space. Yeah. And mm -hmm. How I use that on a kind of, how I can kind of articulate is that to, to create space in the body, to create space in the joints, sure. to create space in the mind. So yeah, you hit the nail on the head. There's, there's a, you know, there's a reason for why I always release kind of five. Mm -hmm. um, and it's actually, I, this is the first place that I've actually- I'm the same. That. I've got within um, my, my system, I've got, five five levels of training so you've oh, got your, your, great your so novice is like you is nothing that's when you first start so then you have your basic you've got your intermediate so you've got your advanced 
um, senior student, and then you move on to the instructor session uh, levels. So, but again, again, to relate with the five elements. So, it's interesting, right? Yeah, absolutely. It is. Yeah, very much. Very much so. This is the so, first place that I've actually talked about it. So, that's quite a, a good thing. It's, I'm, yeah. I'm glad it's yeah. with kind of talking with you about it. Yeah. So, no, perfect. So, but, and again, it's like, it's, there's, there's, like you say, you, there's meaning behind loads of your methods and it takes it into a much deeper understanding. Oh, so, um, and nothing has just done for the sake of it. I mean, absolutely. My teacher, yeah. my teacher was taught exactly the same way. Uh, there was nothing wasted. Mm -hmm. Everything had a reason why it was taught. Um, there was always something deeper behind what was being, uh, yeah. and it's, the well, same, it's like a same thing. Yeah, it's like um, was it the uh, you probably heard of him the the Japanese the Japanese samurai uh, Musashi. So he said, "Do nothing that is of no use." There you go. Uh, yeah, and that yeah, could relate exactly. obviously to to movement to combat. But as martial artists, we want to apply these principles into everything that we're doing within daily life. There so, you go. You've hit the nail on the head, and that's yeah. I think that's a huge aspect in martial arts that people need to reconnect with, and that is to find uh, a martial art they can relate to, but can that martial art relate to their life? Can mm -hmm. it benefit their life? Can it help them move forward? And I think mm -hmm. that's a huge part of martial arts, what a lot of people are looking for. Yeah, so that's it. I think um, you'll find that people will be looking for that at possibly at a later stage in their martial arts development yeah. depending but like but that's going to depend on the the teachers or teacher that they've had oh for sure and and uh, it's going to be it's going to be the influence I, but if they yeah carry on sorry no sorry I, that's why they um people will stay for three or four they'll get their black belt and quit because they feel there's nothing else for them so but those that hang around and take it into a deeper so like so past the 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 physical curriculum and everything so They're looking for that little something de definitely it, that's it obviously your start of your martial arts journey is very active it's very explosive yeah. it's very jumpy mm -hmm. you know and obviously as you get older you want to refine that and, and i mm -hmm. think that's where in the silat the kumbangan comes into real effect because that is something that you take with you for the rest of your life and your your kind of silat journey and it's something that you can refine year after year mm -hmm. after year it's not something that ever kind of gets finished it's not something that closes it's something that just keeps expanding sure and yeah. i think that is one of the the most kind of unique things about the kind of penjak silat and you know one of the huge reasons that i continue to still love to train it although i love conditioning Kumbangan aspect just you can keep refining it year after year and it, it's such a real amazing experience to train it um, especially when you've gone through the, the phases of opening your joints expanding your awareness um, it really is a joy it really is a joy to train good good so um, let's go jump back because we kind of like um, yeah. we went off topic a little bit um, the so you've got your online training. You've got sixty plus sort of um, lessons available. Yeah. Lessons available already up there. Um, you've got well, I know because I'm in part of the groups. Yeah. Um, but um, for those that are listening, so like you've got um, people training all across the world now, haven't you? 
within uh, that? Yes, I think we've got from Dubai, um, we've got Canada, uh, we've got various places in Europe, Scotland. Um, Russia, so yeah. Russia, I believe. So oh, Russia, got a, yeah, got a, quite a big yeah, so, presence in Russia. So quite, I mean, on, yeah. on YouTube, the stats on my YouTube, it's Russia's a huge place uh-huh. we're still at. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, we've so, got yeah, global. global. Global presence. Excellent, excellent. So, with that, obviously, again, it's like we can't not talk about like or have it as part of the topic, but COVID has obviously knocked a lot of it. So, but a year or so down the line, once everything's back to normal or normal, I should say, um, is your plans then to um, get out there on the seminar circuit again? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've got a few um, people that have messaged so far uh, wanting. seminars as mm-hmm. soon as this obviously lifts um so yeah definitely uh, we'll be getting back on the seminar because the seminars are so unique because i just get to meet people and i think mm-hmm. that's the part that i really miss at the minute because although yeah, the def- online's great and i think that goes for you and pretty much everyone it's the same thing you really want to connect back with people yeah. mm-hmm. because there's only so much you can do talking to a camera i mean i can i'm gonna put out from phase one to ten online for sure and Mm -hmm. you know you can progress at your own level on that and you can get your graduations but the seminars will hold the kind of more deeper stuff where i can connect with people so uh, So, yeah definitely even within the seminars like obviously there's ways and means that we can perfect and sort of like correct people's postures and positions yeah everything but online but it's like but there's nothing like the hands-on experience is there no, so it's just feeling I think, around people right yeah just absolutely yeah it's feeling, feeling that energy as well isn't it so it's feeling yeah, that energy so energy and that buzz is, uh, so really yeah um, but yeah just to be you know with your friends training on a seminar is you know when you're doing a four five six seven eight hour seminar over mm-hmm. a weekend you know there's nothing quite like it it's an amazing amazing experience yeah definitely. Um, you know when i was doing the ones in germany they were amazing you know across europe um i've done seminars in the uk um so yeah it definitely will be getting back to, to seminars because i am releasing a teacher's training course mm-hmm. which will be coming out in the next um couple of weeks so you know, obviously we are global at the minute, so yeah, seminars are definitely something that I will cool. be back to. For sure. Cool, cool, excellent, excellent. And so, that, is that pretty much going to be tying up your time now? Is this, uh, um, um, I mean, yeah. Would you would you think it's like have you thought about um, opening a class or anything like so in London, or were you, are you going to you want to concentrate on promoting yourself globally? I think I've done the kind of class in the UK experience um, and I feel I would rather kind of concentrate on the seminars um, mm-hmm. just so I can spread more of the sill out. I don't want yeah. to be tied down to kind of one one area because I feel yeah. that this particular type of sill out, you know, it needs to get out there as much as it can. It can benefit so many people on a holistic kind of approach or a self-defense approach or a conditioning approach mm-hmm. you know it has so much to it or even the meditation side um so yeah definitely want to get out there and um get it out as far as i can obviously pre 
Corona, I was full time. The Silat was my full time job, and it actually still currently is, along with the PT. I am a mm-hmm. full time martial arts um, kind of teacher online and physical. So yeah, definitely will be getting out there and getting them seminars. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, I am a bit conscious of the time because I know we're both uh, yeah, busy. Definitely. We're both busy guys. So um, to start rounding up, um, what would be the how would people find you on sort of like social media? So I know Facebook is obviously the most popular one for you, but yeah, we have uh, um, Facebook, we have Instagram. You can get me on Instagram. I can put, give you the link um, to that. Um, obviously, I have the website where you can get the programs as well. We have a YouTube. I can give you all the links um, for that. But we are DFW Silat in general is quite heavily out there on the social media scene so it's quite probably easy to pick me up um out there but i will i'll pass the links on yeah but yeah let's do because what i'll do i'll I'll, uh, I'll get them into the the notes for the uh for the podcast and we'll get them onto the the uh youtube sites so just so everyone's aware we're going to get this on the podcast onto up on youtube um and we'll get it onto the podcast as well um the podcast we can you can find on spotify think we're on sort of like apple podcast as well and most of the, the main ones so we're very, we're very much in our you're, you're our very first guest um guest oh, uh, to have on, the, on the podcast so it's uh so it is very much it is really appreciated um so and uh i know you obviously your time's valuable so you've got your your, your family as well um but um that's brilliant so um we're gonna we'll start wrapping up there i think Stu. um yeah, but definitely. your time's much appreciated um we'll get it out there so, uh, it's been really good to hear and to get some uh, deeper understanding of of um where you're taking the your, your silat and cfw as well um so much appreciated and uh yeah, just really, really thank thanks thanks very much for your time brother it's really been really good it's been an interest been an interesting hour so um you take care and uh i'll get the post get it all sorted out and we'll get the posts up and uh online look so forward to it you take care perfect thank, thank you very much mate so take care, thank brother. you take care yeah. all the best all the best to the family as well and you brother cheers yeah